0: I don't know who's supposed to be up here, but we're going to go ahead and get started. We'll do announcements uh, and get started. If you are a first-time visitor um, and uh, have not stopped by the Welcome Center, we'd love for you to stop out there and uh, get to know you, have a record of your visit. If you're watching online, you can scan the QR code, rewind the video, and scan it. Um, and do that. Uh, we do need uh, nursery workers. I know we've seen this slide for a few weeks now. That means we still need them. So um, that's something you've maybe been thinking about, praying about. The Holy Spirit might be prodding you a little bit. Um, just go ahead and see Chrissy Pletcher or Megan Gannon um, and uh, for to get on the schedule for that. Uh, for the Halloween tract ministry, uh, they're going to be here Um, in the fellowship hall tomorrow morning and uh, so that's just for help stuff and treat bags to pass out on Halloween uh, so you can see Beth or Miss Glenda if you have any questions uh, about that and then we'll have a baby shower next Sunday uh, after the morning service um, for uh, Miss Jenny and Devin they're registered at Amazon and uh, as you can see, a taco, uh, taco bar will be provided for that. Um, Trunk or Treat uh, will be here in a few weeks, October 25th. Um, <clears throat> I know pastors talked a little bit about this. This is really something that we're um, praying about, things like weather. We don't want it to be raining. Uh, we want it to be nice so that you know some kids in the community will come out to that. But also we want it to be... Um, I don't know if this is the right term, but almost a hook for our ministry, right? So something like this, you know, kids, maybe even their families will come to these events at churches, but we also want them to see our Awana program that night. So we're doing Awana like normal. So it says 645 to 8 because that's when our Awana program runs. Um, And uh, so we want these kids to come in with their families. Maybe mom and dad can even follow them around through Awana that night and things like that. But um, there is a sign-up sheet in the kind of hallway out there we do want more than just you know five cars as well right if we're going to be advertising something like this it's like come to trunk or treat so uh if you aren't even sure what that means um but hey maybe you're a little bit creative and uh just come talk to me i can kind of walk you through it Um, there are some families that kind of go all out and then there's some where it's just like you know just kind of put a few things in the trunk and pass out candy uh, but we definitely want to. We're, we're praying that this is an outreach opportunity. So we want unsaved kids and their families to come, be exposed to our ministry, um, and just see the love of, of God through that. So, and then Christmas already. So Saturday, December 9th uh, will be the ladies' Christmas party um, that morning. So there's a sign-up sheet in the vestibule. In the that word, the vestibule. Um, and if uh, you're in part of the ladies' class, uh, to be a part of that, and then for VBS, every uh, January, we have February, January, January. Um, there's a VBS showcase, and so if you are a VBS worker or um, you know looking to become involved in that, we uh, go to uh, either the Ark, the Creation Museum. They've had it at different places, and they really kind of walk through what that means and how we can use the VBS, the themes, and the teachings, and things like that um, to really help the kids as we, excuse me, as we look to put that on over the summer. So if you have any questions about that, um, you can see JD uh, about that. And then our missionaries of the week are the Ortiz's in Mexico City, Josue and Rebecca. Um, I don't have anything up here uh, for them, but just continue to pray that God will continue to, to bless their ministry. So We'll go ahead and have the men come forward to take up our ties and offerings this evening. And brother Ed, would you pray, ask God's blessing on the offering?
1: We
2: thank you again for the privilege that's ours to give, and I pray, Lord, that you might help us to use this uh, offering to furtherance the gospel. And Lord, tonight we pray for Pastor Ray as he preaches the message. We, you would bless. And Lord, I pray for anybody that could be here lost tonight, they get saved. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: All right, join me as we sing Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life
4: Have a birthday or an anniversary this last week? Birthdays or anniversaries this last week? Mr. Josh, when was your birthday? Thursday. Thursday. How old are you? 21. Twenty-one. Man, all right. And how long have you know the Lord is your Savior? 15 years. Fifteen years. Amen. Anybody else? Miss Dulce? When today is your birthday? Wow. Okay. After last Sunday, you were we were wondering if you were going to make it to your... Miss Dulcie was one of the ones in the car that went upside down last Sunday night, but here she is, so... And uh, how, how long have you known the Lord as your Savior, Miss Dulcie? Since you were 17, amen. Anyone else? Birthdays or anniversaries? No anniversaries? And just two birthdays. Let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to make this announcement before I forget, because I will forget by the end of the time. And uh, that is that um, Miss Beth Olson will need help unloading stuff for tomorrow's loading things up. uh, They're getting uh, packages ready tomorrow, but she will need help right after the service, getting things unloaded from her car, so that would be great.
2: Mr. Matthew, come on up. To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 9, verses 16 through 21. And it came to pass at the end of three days, after they had made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Shepra and Barath and Kirjas jerim And the children of Israel smote them not, because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel, And all the congregation murmured against the princes. But all the princes said unto all the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will even let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swear unto them. And the princes said unto them, Let them live, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation as the princes had promised them. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it, and may the Lord bless you and keep you safe in which times that we live as we go about this week. You may be seated.
3: You can stay seated and join me as we sing bow the knee. Go ahead and stand as we sing. God makes no mistakes. My life I give.
5: When I Enter heaven's glory And I see my same Jesus in you, I saw Jesus in you, I could hear his voice in the words you said, I saw Jesus in you. In your eyes I saw his care, I could see stand before my Father to receive my life's reward, and my soul is bathed in God's eternal flame. Then this place on earth is run, and God sees anything I long to hear my father say, I saw Jesus in you, I saw Jesus in you, I could hear his voice in the words you said, I saw Jesus in you. I saw Jesus in you. You were faithful,
4: and I saw Jesus in you. Man, I'm a Amen. Thank God I love that song. You take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 25, Matthew, the 25th chapter, the first five people going to stand up and tell me who it is that you saw Jesus in that helped bring you to Christ. Someone that you saw Jesus in that helped bring... First five people. Who's going to be first? Miss Amy. Um, uh, this is a orange. orange, I'm sorry, yes.
2: A woman who was my... Um, she was actually... Um, the dorm keeper at uh, tennis camp, and um, so we had devotions, and uh, so she just um, one of the things that I w- was sort of interesting with how she presented the gospel was she says, well, don't take my f- word for it, just read the Bible and find out, and then um, they opened their home to me and fed me multiple times, and any question that I had, they answered.
4: Amen. Praise the Lord. Who's next? Miss Karen. And Ms. Deanna.
2: Thank you. I have to say, Lorraine Binge, from Birch Terrace. I was, she, um, I was in a bad situation, and she was doing the cancer ministry, and she was visiting the people that I was with at the time, and uh, through her, I was, I was saved, and she, I saw Jesus in her.
4: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Lorraine Binge.
1: Gloria Catahenry, Henry she was my Sunday school teacher at the Baptist Church when we started attending there
4: Gloria what Henry Cata Henry I used to have one of those but the wheels fell off <laughs> <laughs> two more who'd you see Jesus Miss Pam
5: Patty Dennison um, I
1: met her when I was at my lowest point and uh, she was there for me and I love her with all my heart, and
5: she led me to the Lord. Amen. And I saw Jesus in Patty. Amen. Amen. There you
0: go. Uh, My mother, um, she got saved first in our immediate family, and um, through her faithfulness, taking us to church and praying for my dad, that he got saved and then led me to the Lord. So through her, and she died at age forty-two. So I didn't see a lot. Of, you know, I don't remember a lot about her, but I do remember her faithfulness to the Lord.
4: Amen so the uh, real question is of the evening is when we get to heaven who's going to say that about us right that's the real question which is what we're trying to deal with on sunday night sunday mornings dealing with the gospel and uh, just pray that the, the message this morning goes forth and uh, continues to accomplish a work tonight we're uh, going to continue the same thing honestly we're going to i'm going to re-preach sunday morning's message no I'm not but it's the same concept uh I'm asking the people on Sunday morning to consider Christ because of what was happening what's what they face in eternity, one way or another, and I'm asking us to consider how we're treating the gospel based on what's happening in eternity, right, because everyone we know is headed to the same ultimate, you know, physical place of death. Everyone we know. What we don't know is when that will happen, um, this morning careful you know what I say uh, online, but this morning, just going around shaking hands, and somebody that they've been visiting our church, and haven't joined yet, and, and hey, good to see you, and reached out to uh, shake their hand, and he just grabbed my neck and began to cry. And he said, We need to talk. And so, uh, pulled him aside, and we talked, and he said, On Wednesday, a dear friend of his, 39 years of age, father, hung himself. Wow. You never know what's going to happen in people's lives. The question is, what are we doing about it? Right. That's what we're looking at tonight. Now, are we living with eternity in view? Father, burden us for the souls of men. Help us to see the need around us, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. I can't remember the preacher, and I'll mess up the story completely. And I tried to even find it. And it's hard, you know, there's so much information now out there on the internet that it's hard to find specifically what you're looking for. But uh, anyway, I want to say it was Charles Spurgeon. But it uh, was someplace over in England, and somebody came to him and said, What makes you such a great preacher of the gospel? And he walked the young man over to a window, and he said, Look out there and tell me what you see. And the young man described buildings and he described, you know, autom- well, I don't know if there were automobiles at that point, but, you know, buggies and this and that and whatever there were. And, uh, and he said, you know what I see? I see the souls of men. What makes us soul winners is being soul conscious. Right? If we live seeing this world through the eyes of God, right? As that old song says, I hate when that happens because that's just now popping up in our brain. Let me see this world, dear Lord, as though I were looking through your eyes, a world of men who don't want you, Lord, but a world for which you died. Let me kneel, whatever, you get the idea, I can't remember it all. So let me see this world. If if we could begin to see what it is standing in front of us from an eternal perspective, it will change the way we are handling the gospel. So here we are. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 25. Verse 31 says this. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Go down to verse 34. It says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, Go down to verse 41. Then shall he say also to them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Has it dawned on us that everyone you know, it's it's a black and white concept. It's either yes, they're saved, or no, they are not. It's either yes, they're on their way to heaven, or no, they're on their way to hell. There's only two options. Only two. And I'm afraid that somehow we've placed ourselves in this in-between. I mean, as God's people here to declare the gospel truth to a lost and dying world, we want to somehow put everybody in this in-between stage. But here's the reality. You're either a sheep or you're a goat. You're either saved or you're not. That's everyone's reality so real quick think of five people that you love and care about sheep or goats I'm asking you. think of five people at work you care about sheep or goats it's only two options only two think of five, five people you go to school with teenagers that you, that you care about You're, they're your friends sheep or goats only two options that's it they're either on their way to heaven or they're on the way to hell. And until we live with that reality in mind, we are going to continue to treat the gospel as if it's optional. Do you understand? I mean, one of the problems that we're having in our Christianity in modern-day America here. Is that God's people are living? Is that the gospel is not the number one priority. But it is appointed on man once to die, and after this to judgment, and everyone, the Bible says, every man shall stand before God and give an account. All the nations here in Matthew 25 are gathered and they're divided up into two categories sheep or goats, saved or lost. Yes or no, that's it. It doesn't matter whose grandkids they are. It doesn't matter what church they were raised in. Just two categories, yes or no, sheep or goats. Until we are seeing the world through that kind of a lens, we're going to continue to to be wishy-washy on our presentation of the gospel. Do we see the world that way? Our families that way? Our friends that way? Our coworkers that way? Our neighbors that way? Second question is this. Do we believe that Jesus is the only way? I mean, do we believe this? If I believe that Jesus is the only way and that this person that I see on a regular basis whether it's at work, school, at the store, wherever it might happen to be on my daily run, which I don't do, but, uh, you know, you get the idea, what, wherever it might be, do I believe that Jesus is the only way for that person to get to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If If I believe that Jesus is the only way, then am I doing my job in declaring the only way for this person who I say that I, have, that I care about? The only way. I mean, it doesn't matter that they're a family member. It doesn't matter that they're good people. It doesn't matter that... And listen, here's what I know. I know God is gracious. But you understand the very fact that they're still breathing is God being gracious. God is gracious. He is. But people still die. We live under a curse. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Everyone we know is a sheep or a goat. Everyone we know is saved or lost. And Jesus is the only way to salvation. Here's the next question. Do we believe that it is vital that we as Christians share the gospel? I mean, do we believe this statement? By the way, this statement, which is from the Bible. How can they believe? How can they call on him who they have not believed? And how can they believe on him who they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? Do we believe that it is vital that we share the gospel? If, if I'm convinced that everyone is either saved or lost and if I'm convinced that Jesus is the only way to be saved, and now if I'm convinced that they cannot believe unless they hear, and they cannot hear unless someone tell them, if I'm convinced of those truths, then what's holding me back? Why am I not sharing? Listen, there's a danger somewhat to that song we just sang, and I love the song, by the way, I love it. I saw Jesus in you. That's a song we just heard some. I saw Jesus in you. And, um, but the danger is that we say, well, they're going to see Jesus in me, and that's going to bring them to Jesus. But did you hear the testimonies? The testimonies were followed up. I saw Jesus in them and then heard Jesus from them. It's an amazing thing. I think virtually everyone, that's what they said. I saw Jesus in that person. And and they led me to Christ. They led me to Christ. They led me to Christ. Because how can they believe unless they hear? And until I become as convinced that my sharing the gospel is as vitally important as my understanding that no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ, until I'm convinced of that truth, I don't know that I'm ever going to step across that line. To share the gospel. And I, I'm, all about your, I'm all about your lives demonstrating Jesus Christ. I've been actually teaching you that on Sunday nights as well. Our, our life should demonstrate Jesus Christ. But what that does is draws people's attention to Jesus. So that when they hear about him, they listen. But they can't believe unless they hear. And they can't hear unless someone tells them. Am I convinced that my role in the gospel, of sharing the gospel, is a vital... I want us to live with eternity in view. I want us... When, when, we, when, we see, when you go home tonight and you look at that picture on your mantle or whatever, your TV or whatever it is, and there's your kids and your grandkids, and, and, and I want you to think. Sheep. Sheep, don't know. Goat. Because the reality is, that's their reality. There's only two options. Only two. Only two. And if it were up, if, if today was their last day on earth, if tonight you got home to a message on your phone that said, so-and-so has slipped out into eternity. Have they heard it from us? Have they heard it? Do we believe that our word is vital in this equation? That we must tell the world? Ezekiel chapter 3 says this, When I say to the wicked, this is God talking, When I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou, God talking to us now, givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. We must open our mouth and speak God's truth. I long for the testimony time which is coming, and I haven't forgotten that we're going to divide up, so don't panic. I long for the testimony time that says this. Pray for so-and-so. I've been talking to them about Jesus. Now hear me out. I wonder, if we went around the room, one at a time, and said, who are you talking to right now about Jesus? Out of a 140 people, what I have, no idea what, how many people are here. 150 people. How many people would we be able to come up with? I'm talking to this person about Jesus right now. I, I'm in conversation with this person. I'm, I'm not mean this very minute, but I mean, you know, in, in, our, in our life, this is a conversation we're having. I wonder how many of us are stuck back in, oh, I hope they see Jesus in me. But how can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless we speak? The distinction between the great preacher and the young preacher boy is the young preacher boy saw stuff. He was able to see, he was even able, able to count heads of people. Oh, look, I see 150 people sitting out here the great preacher said I see souls spending eternity someplace what makes you such a great preacher I see souls I want to be that guy I wish I was I'm not not standing up here telling you like I've got this all mastered right I wish that was me all too often life gets busy and We go on past, and I hope someone is seeing Jesus in me. But how can they believe? Except they hear. I believe what the Bible says. Therefore, I believe that there's only two options for people, either they're saved or they're not. I believe what the Bible says. And that is that everyone is going to give an account, and Jesus is the only way that we're going to get to heaven. I believe what the Bible says that no one can believe on Jesus without hearing. So if I believe what the Bible says, it doesn't matter anymore how I feel. Right? It doesn't matter how I feel. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Oh, I want us to imagine for a moment that the Lord comes back right now. And everyone we've witnessed to, it's done. It's over. Our witnessing time is over. I mentioned it last week, but folks, there's a reason why God has to wipe away the tears in heaven from his children who are weeping. And I really believe one of those things is going to be as we're remembering the people we failed to talk to about Jesus Christ. And we recognize that Jesus was the only way and I may have been the only Jesus representative for them to hear. But I failed. Let's live with, I know, it's I, these are heavy topics. I tell you, I feel like I'm beating this up every Sunday night. And I hope you know that I'm just trying to I'm beating me up. That's what I'm doing. You're just getting in the way, you know. Uh, That God would so burden us for the souls of men. That as we view our friends and our family through the lens of Scripture, we feel like we must speak, lest they miss out. Let me see this world, dear Lord, through your eyes. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I know, these have just been heavy, heavy topics. And I do feel like the last three Sunday nights, I've just almost been beating us up here. But I am being very serious when I tell you that I'm really preaching to me. I just want you to hear what God's speaking to your pastor's heart about. But the souls of men is what's on the line here. Right? That's what's on the line. The souls of men. Men for whom Jesus died. Because he didn't die for our sins only, but for the sins also of the whole world. That's what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible. And that men need to hear the gospel. So I'm asking us to think through Somebody has probably come into your heart and mind right now, even as we're speaking. Someone who may have seen Jesus in you, but they've yet to hear about him from you, from me. We're showing them Jesus, but how can they believe on him whom they have not heard? And you say, Pastor John, God is challenging my heart tonight. There's somebody that's come to my mind, maybe more than one, but there's somebody that's come to my heart and mind that I know I need to speak God's truth to. And Pastor, for a thousand reasons, I've shied away from it. But how can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? Pastor, would you pray that I'll get past those things and have the courage to speak the gospel truth to people I'm not sure if they're sheep or goats, to people I'm not certain of their eternal destiny. Pastor, I need that boldness. Would you pray that God would give that to me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that? Hands are already shooting up. Father, so many, God, as you've brought people to mind. God, made this week you so burden our hearts that we can't get away from it. May we see and immediately think of eternal thoughts, sheep or goat, yes or no, saved or lost. And may we be so burdened as to get past our fears and speak your truth. And God, we just claim the promise that you bless your word as it goes forth. Work in each and every heart. Let's raise our hand. Give boldness to them. We'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. David, what are we going to sing? Six
0: twenty-five. Let the lower lights be burning.
4: Six hundred twenty-five. Let's stand together. We'll sing. Let the lower lights be burning. Our Father's mercy from His lighthouse evermore. To us He gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Let the Lord lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling steamer, You may rescue you. Let's sing that next verse. Trim your is it trim your feeble lamps? Dark the night. Let's sing that one. Dark the night of sin has settled. How the angry pillows roar. Eager eyes are watching longing for the lights along the shore. Let the low lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. You may rescue you. Before we uh, get ready for the Lord's table tonight, I'm going to uh, deal with some people we met this, this morning. What a joy we had this morning of hearing some wonderful